Okay, Parshas Vayera, Tavshin Ayin Ches, here we go, with the Akedah Parsha, with Hachanases Orachim Parsha, as we mentioned last week, we started our 10th cycle, and we get right into it with one uh, one-liner, and then uh, we'll get into the uh, the main uh, discussions that we're going to have. In the Likute Yoshua, Sefer that we've used, uh, Talmud of the of the um, from from Lublin, Talmud of Rabbi Tzadok, uh, Rav Scheinfeld quotes from the Sanzer in source number one. Why is it? We know this parsha is made up. Uh, the end of it is really the most famous part, the Akeda, Har Hamoria, and we know the base Hamikdash was built on Har Hamoria and not on Har Sinai. Why is that? A number of people say it, but this year we have it from the uh, the Debre Chaim. The Sanzer, Mashehikimu is based on Mikdash al Haramoriyah, Velo al Harsinai, She'alav Kiblu Yisrael as the Torah of Amitzvos. Right, but Yisrael got the Torah on Harsinai. One would think that that would be the ultimate place for the base of Mikdash to be. The answer is no. Harsinai is about what Hashem did. Haramoriyah is about what we did. The Mesiris Nefesh from the on part of a Jew, the first Jew, the second Jew. So that's that's more powerful and defining for the generations. And therefore, the base of English is Dafka on Har Hamoria and not on Har Sinai. Shalav Kibli Yisrael Zerva Mitzvos V'Amar Al Zeb Machmas Shal Har Hamoria Hay Mesiris Nefesh Haynu She Yitzchak Avinu Pashatas Savarol Shchita Avur Kedushas Hashem. He focuses on Yitzchak even more than Avraham. We've discussed in the past. It's known as Avraham's Nisayon, even though Yitzchak was the one that was the active party, so to speak, involved. But that is the greatest mita of all. When we're most nefesh for Hakadosh Baruch in our in uh, in death as in the time, in the example of Yitzchak, and as we've mentioned in the past, in life even more, when we're Moser Nefesh, day in and day out, for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and we mold our lives to live a life of Avdus to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that is the ultimate uh, goal that we could reach, and therefore, the Beis English is Dafka on that mountain, and not on, not on Har Sinai. Okay. Thinking over the Parsha, one general thought before we got, get into some of the actual Psukim, the first Pasuk. We think about the major events that take place in the Parsha, in overview. So we have Achnasas Orachim, we have Avram Avinu and the Malachim in the first uh, section, and the announcement that Sarah is going to have a child, and the reactions, part one. Part two, we have Sodom. Kodesh Baruch Hu, talking to Avram Avinu, Avram Avinu begging and asking, and um, trying to do what he can to save them, and it doesn't work. And ultimately, Stone is destroyed uh, based on all of the terrible things that take place there. And the, uh, the uh, we have the Shalshelis. We discussed that last year, why Dafka the Shalshelis. Lot runs out, the story of Lot and his daughters. Uh, and then we have a little bit about Avraham and Avimelech, the story of Hagar and Yishmael. And then we have Akedas Yitzchak. So we have a couple of three or four major, major events. Meshem and Atov, in source number two, uh, notes... So if you think about three of these events, again, this is said by others also, but said the Shemonatov, three of the events, fascinatingly, looked at altogether, Avram didn't really accomplish anything in those events, starting from the beginning. Avram Avinu, Hachnas Hazarchim, unbelievable food and, and drink and meat, and yet the Malachim really didn't eat anything. It was just for show. So really, Avram Avinu tried to do Achnas Hazarachim. He thought he was doing Achnas Hazarachim, and yet he did not do Achnas Hazarachim. Though we learned so many halachos from the Achnas Hazarachim of Avram Avinu. But ultimately, deep down, he did not fulfill the mitzvah. 
Krakasabnu de Gimel in Yarnibavarshaseinu Bakulam Lohitsliach Avram Bafal Mamish. Ella Baratzon Halevo Amiti. We'll get to that line. The Kanha Khilamalachim. Tinan Srichimlo, number one. Number two, he davens for stone. His pala al stone and Pashtus, he did not succeed. Stone was not saved. Part two of the Parsha. He David and David and he wasn't listened to. And finally, number three, the Akedah. Right? He didn't do what he set out to do, what the plan was. He wanted to, but he didn't. What's the message? In all three places, he didn't really accomplish. In the three places where he was active. Where he was active. Explains the Shemanatov on that line that we just read. It's all about the heart. It's about the effort. It's about what we want to do and what we try to do and what we work hard in doing. The result is out of our control. It's not what HaKadosh Baruch Hu is looking for. He's not looking for the result. He's looking for the avoda. He's looking for the relationship. He's looking for the hard work that went, that went into it. It's even, um, I think we mentioned a number of years ago, a thought that the source for tefillah for Avram Avinu, Davani Shachras, is from this week's parsha. Right, Avram Avinu goes to Davin in the in the place where he davened for he davened for Shechem. We learn the the, the source of Macham Kavua also, but Avram Avinu davens in these in this uh, in this place. Let me just find the find the psukim after Avram Avinu after it is Vayashkim Avram Aboker Perak Yutes Pasachav Zayin. Avram Avinu gets up Ela Makom Asher Amat Shem Es Penei Hashem Vayashkev Al Penei Stoma Moram. The Chulu, and he looks around, and he sees that it is it is a destroyed. But Vayashkim Avram Baboker, Vayashkim Avram Baboker El Hamakom. So El Hamakom, we done from there. The kinds of Makom Kavua. It's fascinating that all these halachas of Tefillah are learned after Avram Avinu regarding this Tefillah that Lachar wasn't even accepted. That was just he tried, but it wasn't successful. But the message is that every Tefillah is successful, and Avram Avinu went back to the same spot even though he wasn't listened to. Unlike Bilam, who went to all different spots. Maybe it'll work from here, maybe it'll work from there. And Balak, Amravina goes back. Every tefillah accomplishes something. We learned Hilchah's tefillah from here, even though it seems like it wasn't even successful. And then the Shem Atov goes to, and continues. That thought is part of a larger thought we discussed in the past, uh, but not for now. He quotes a story from Rav Chaim Ozer, talking about the context of Hashem is interested in your heart. Again, it's not exactly the same message, but it's a great story. That he quotes from Chaim Ozer, the dying in Vilna, as we know, Hailo Reach, Sukkot. He had a guest over on Sukkis. He tells the guest that he's a very old man. He's sorry that he can't uh, he can't eat with him in the sukkah. Mitzvah is patrim in the sukkah. We know if somebody's uncomfortable in the sukkah, one of the few mitzvos that if you're uncomfortable, you know teishu kein taduru, be in the sukkah like you're at home. So if you're at home, you leave. So you're allowed to leave. So mitzvah patrim in a sukkah. He tells his guest, I'm sorry. I'm an elderly man. I can't, uh, I can't eat with you. So go downstairs, go outside, and uh, make yourself comfortable. He says, fine, it's fine, it's okay, it's not a, it's not a problem. He feels bad, but he does that. After a few moments, Rav Chaim Moser walks into the sukkah. He says, what's, what's going on? He says, what happened? He says, I'm potter, mitzar is potter manasukah. But there's no term mitzar for achnas zarchim. Right? And you're my guest. I have a chiv to come down and be your host. There's no tour by other mitzvos of mitzar. Stavka sukkah. Hashem's interested in the heart. The heart of Rav Chaim Ozer was gold. He had a halachic golden heart. 
And he wasn't going to take any easy ways out to be able to say, I'm okay, I'm putter, you know, he'll come in afterwards. I already offered him my sukkah. No, Mitzar is putter in a sukkah, but it's not putter from Hachnasas Archim. And therefore, he went down. But again, the theme, the light motif that goes through the parsha is the fact that Avram Avinu didn't accomplish, but this is a defining parsha in Avram Avinu's life. And this was the first parsha that we talk about, you know, once Avram Avinu has been established as who he was, now he has Brismila, and now he is a full Jew. This is what we are told. Okay. Moving right along, now we get to the first Pasuk in the Parsha. Vayera Elav Hashem. Hashem appears to Avram Avinu. Mamre. Every word here is discussed by Chazal. And he is sitting at the door, the opening of the tent, and it is extremely hot. Again, every word is explained by Chazal. Vayera Elav, Rashi says, Right, he came to do Biker Cholim. We'll get back to that, um, in a few minutes. Be'elonei Mamre. Hashem appeared to him. Be'elonei Mamre. First question. Vayera El Avraham. Vayera Elav. Does not say his name. Why doesn't it say his name here? Unusual. Whenever Hashem appears to anybody, the name is said. Vayera Elav appears to him as if we know. Obviously, we've been talking about Avraham, but it's not even like Avraham was discussed in the previous Pasuk. Right? Four Psukim ago, we mentioned uh, Avraham. Last Pasuk, we mentioned uh, Derech Agav. All of the fa- family members got Brismila with him. So we're continuing the with him. What's the message that Avraham Avinu's name is not mentioned? Question number one. That's in the, another Shemarat Tov, two in a row. Sarachiyun, lam hischa kasid bevayera elav, velo vayera Hashem el Avraham keragil, elastam beelav. Question one. V'chein yadua kushyas haolam. Also, the question of the world. Al hadakatsav rashi rashi beelonei mamre. Why do we have to know where this took place? The Klayaka, we mentioned, I don't know, eight, nine years ago, talks about the four names of Hebron. Right, right here, Elonei Mamre. That's the one used in this context, where Hashem visits Avraham. Rashi quotes, Hushanasan lo Eitza al-Hamila. Mamre was Avraham's friend, and he was the one that gave him Eitza that said, it's a good idea. Good idea to do Brismila. Avraham Avinu, the Medrash says, went to all of the friends, Oner, Eshko, Mamre. Mamre was the only one that was positive. Because of that, Lefichach, Nigla, Elav, Bechelko. Says Rashi, because of that, Hashem revealed himself to Avraham in the Chelak, in the portion of the area of Mamre. Says the Shemonatov, ask the Shemonatov what Avraham Avinu had to ask. Hashem told him to do, to do the Mila. Let me just go ask some people what they think. Let me see if they, they think they agree with the, with the idea. Hashem told him to do it. Question two. And then a final question that he's going to ask later on, but we'll mention it now. Aravinu, we know, is the Ish Chesed. It's the one who stands up as the, the one of the Avos, if we would say, Torah Avodah Gemilas Chasadim, and Torah is Yaakov, and Avodah is Yitzchak. Avram is Chesed, as we know, the Amura Chesed, Avram Avinu. And yet, Avram Avinu was not a young man at this stage of his life. So the Torah does not mention any of his chasadim in the first 99 years of his life. Right? Only when he turns 99 
and he has a bris milah, and he does the mitzvah of Achim, all of a sudden, now we'll mention the godless of the kindness of Avram Avinu. But all of the midrashim about the tent being open on all four sides, and all the, the great Va'eshel, right, all the wonderful midrashim about Avram Avinu, nothing in the text about his gemilas chesed earlier in his life. We asked last week, why wasn't Ur Kazdim mentioned in the Torah? So we asked this week, why is the Torah silent on any of the earlier, there were vadai, actions, and mitzvot of gemilas chesed? Why is the Torah silent and does not mention them? Says the Shem and now to answer all three questions. Line number four. Let me suggest. There is something very deep here that is, must be mentioned. Up until this moment. This moment really means three days ago when he got first Mila. Right, today is the third day of the Mila, as Chazal say. Up until this moment, Avram Avinu was not qualitatively different than any other human being. He was one amongst them. He was the one who recognized God. He was the one who was spreading monotheism, but not as anybody qualitatively different. Not as a leader apart from them, but as a colleague or friend Parts of them. But all of a sudden, things have just changed. With the Brismila, the world has taken a turn for the better. Now he is no longer part of the cloud. Since he has gotten Brismila, the end of last week's parsha, and now, things have changed. Right? Now there is another type of being. There's not only people, there's an or, there's a nation that's supposed to be a light unto the nations. And it's a responsibility that God chose, again, nothing against everyone else, but Avraham, through his own hard work and recognition, he was the one that recognized God. He was chosen to be the leader and his descendants. We are Zochet to be his descendants. Behind Ka'ez Maschil told us, Akla Yisrael, this is where the Jewish people start. Avraham Avinu. And he is above nature, just like we know Mila is on day eight, symbolizing above nature, seven being nature. Shmini, Yom Shmini, eight is always as the Maharal writes often. So he is different now. He is now a separate category and qualitatively. Now we get back to the questions. So what does this have to do with us? Why do you ask Mamre? What did, he, what did he need to know the reaction that others are going to tell him? He asked them about this idea. He asked his friends, you know what? I've been leading the world in this new belief called monotheism. So what do you think if I make it into, if it becomes a nation? Not just individual friends. Do you think there could be a concept of leadership? of those who are supposed to be models for the rest of the nation, like we might even say within Am Yisrael, Kohanim, is it, are Kohanim a bad idea or are Kohanim a great idea? There are ones that are designated to be the servants of Hashem and they're supposed to lead. Not in a elitist way, but in a way that really cares about all those around them and to lift them up. 
So Avram Avinu says to honor Eshkol and Mamre. What do you think about this idea? Honor and Eshkol say, not going to work. You're going to be too separate. You're not going to succeed. You're going to lose everything that you've accomplished because you're just going to be different. And Mamre says, no, it's a great idea. Mamre says, that's how the world could function and succeed. Line 11. Ubaze Yuvan, Mashashal Avram Avinu, as honor, Eshkol, Mamre. Hainu Mishum, Dekol, Mataras Avram Avinu, the whole purpose of Avraham Avinu's life was to teach the world. And he leads the world. If I'm going to be different, again, remember, I'm, being different doesn't mean better. I'm going to have a lot of responsibilities. I'm going to have 613 mitzvahs. You only have seven or maybe 30 if you expand it. I'm going to have a lot harder work. So it's not the better, but do you think it's a good idea? I'm going to be moved out from you. The Alzeh is to honor of Eshkol. They said, no, it's not going to work. They're going to be too different. Titanu dechol olam kulo shaveh. Veimishu shiisale al gabam. Avamamre hevin vehiskim. He understood that that's the way that the world needs to be run. Sha'avram yebachina lamala mishar suge ha'adam. And he could commit and the responsibility that he has. Vumuchan lios tafelo. And because of Mamre's recognition of that idea, Mimela, the Shechina rested in his portion. A love, suggests the Shem Tov, is like a love. It happened automatically. Right? When Mamre recognized the purpose of the world and agreed to it, that is where a love comes from. But now he says, Ubaze Yuva, line 20. Now we get into... What about all the chesed that Avram did earlier? That's a different type of chesed, says the Shem and Atov. Why? Because starting from today, it's the chesed based on Torah. Avram Avinu didn't get the Torah yet. But kiim kol Torah achlo nitna. Chesed. Ben Adam lachavero. Based on Torah, based on Torah values, is not just based on pure logic. And that's what changed, and that's why the Torah Dafka puts in the chesed of Abba Avinu only now. To show to me that's a chesed shall Torah, me that's a chesed kulo. What's natural out there is not the chesed of a Jew. There's different details of the mitzvah. There are parallels. And that's why maybe some suggest some achronim suggest we don't make brachos on mitzvahs beidad machavero, like staka, like kibud of aim, like uh, hash, like uh, hashavas aveda, like hachrasas uh, arachim, like bigger cholam. We don't make a bracha before we do all of those. One of the reasons given is because those do not show the unique kedusha of Am Yisrael. Asher kedushanu b'mitzvosav, but everybody does that. So says the say some of the achronim. It doesn't show our uniqueness, but within those there are details. Hashavas Aveda, for example, when somebody returns a lost item, maybe other religions might believe that's that's such a nice, wonderful, voluntary act, and Judaism would say no, it's obligatory. Hashavas Aveda, among others, there's a difference between the chesed of a Jew and the chesed of Abraham beforehand. It's not just based on what he thinks. Right, this relates to the Bar- Rav Bartanura, which has come up often in various shiurim. I didn't give it to you again. But the Rav Bartanura at the beginning of Perkei Avos, where the Bartanura discusses why is it that the Mishnah, the first Mishnah in Perkei Avos, is where it is. It's a beautiful Mishnah. 
The Shalshelis Hamasora. Moshe Kibbal Torah Misina Yimasora Yoshua. Great Mishnah. But why is it there? Why is it at the beginning of Perkeyavos? All the way at the end of Seder and Zikin. That Mishnah should be the first Mishnah in Shas. Moshe Kibbal Torah Misina. Before Mesechas Brachas. What's it doing in the beginning of Perkeyavos, which doesn't even have any halacha? It has zero mitzvos. It has Nihugim. It has Derech Eretz. That's the one that gets Moshe Kibbal Torah Misinai, says the Rav Bartanura. Exactly. You don't need a Moshe Kibbal Torah Misinai before Mesechus Brachus or Erevin or, or, uh, or Krisus or Ahalus or Uksin. Who else made up those halachas? Except HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Of course those halachas are divine. But when we read Ethics of Our Fathers... And we read about smiling when we meet our fellow Jew. And when we read who is really rich and who is really wise and things like, and pitgamim like that, maybe we might have said then, those have a human source. Just like all religions have their own ethics works, so does Judaism. No, no, no. Moshe, Kibbal, Torah, Sinai, even about the Benodom HaChavero. Even about everything that you read in this Mesechna, that's also from Har Sinai. That's exactly what the Shem Tov is saying here. The Maisa, Gemilus Chesed, that Avraham Avinu did before him was great, but it's not the same. And therefore, it was not mentioned in the text uh, explicitly. Okay. Final next thought that connects with one of the questions that we were just talking about. Rav in Mesorah Sarav, it's also from his, uh, his other writings, they put it here. Vayera Lav Hashem, he's bothered by the Elav also. Why isn't Hashem's name mentioned? I'm sorry, Avraham's name. Vayera Hashem El Avraham. Says Rav Salvechik in source number five. There are other occasions when God appears to Avraham. Vayera Hashem El Avraham, Vayomer. Hashem appears. Vahayad Var Hashem El Avraham, Bamachazeh, Lemar. By the Brisbane Abbasarim, and yet here he comes and no name mentioned. Second question, again, one of the more famous questions on this Pasik. Pasik says, he appears to Avraham, and this is the only time maybe in all the Torah where Hashem appears to someone and does not say a word. He just appears to him. Generally, when Vayera comes, it's followed by Vayedaber. Or Vayomer. And here it's Vayera, I love. And then Avraham Avinu sees Malachim. Nothing mentioned in Pasig Aleph. Vayera, I love Hashem. As if he just comes to appear. Says Rav Unbelievable. Rashi says, Vayera, I love. He appeared to him. Line 11. God paid Avraham a sick call. He was in pain after his circumcision. Rav Chanina says it was the third day. Right, it was the most painful. Line 15. Avraham was in need and God came to visit him. There is no vayomer, no message, no command, no law, no promise. He simply came to see him. Because what Avraham Avinu just did by having brismila is to make himself and God kaviachol, friends. Mates. The relationship has been cemented in a way that sometimes just going to, we might say, hang out with each other. Going and being with somebody without saying a word. When you're close enough with them, just being next to them feels good. And being next to them is valuable. Hashem appeared to Avraham as a friend, capital F. 
and not as a God in this sense. If two individuals are close friends, sharing a sense of intimacy and companionship, one need not have a message to deliver in order to walk in, into the other's home. The highest form of friendship does not require words. Before right, when we go, Lahavdil, go pay a shiva call. Awesome, well, you just sit there. Just sit there. And then, because it's just being there. It's giving support. Hashem went to Avraham to give him moral support. That's it. Before this visit, the relationship between God and Avraham was a formal one. There was a creator and a created, a master and a servant. It did not involve friendship. There was a contractual relationship between employer and employee, master and servant. Every vayera was accompanied by a vayomer. But after Avraham Avinu was Moser Nefesh and Brismila and the covenant established, there was a new intimacy, a new kind of friendship, one that did not have to be expressed in words, did not need a speech or message. And says Rev. Salvechik, and that's exactly why the name is not mentioned. It's not a formal visit by God to Avraham. He came to him. Him, close, close-knit. I don't even have to mention your name. Right, when you, so you're at the, you're at a, you're at a door, you're going to your best friend's door, and they answer the door, who is it? It's me. You don't even have to say your name. They recognize. They recognize your knock, they recognize your voice. It's me. That's it. Right? When a husband and a wife call each other on the phone, they don't have to identify who they are. Right? Even without the names on the phone that we have in our generation. Says Rev. Salvechik, the use of Elof similarly demonstrates this change. As long as the relationship is a formal one, it is guided by the rules of courtesy. Courtesy. Formality requires mentioning the name. But when we visit a friend, there is no need for the name. The structure of the verb and subject in this verse is another indication of this. Right? And he also quotes that it's Vayera. It's not even Vayera Hashem Elof. Vayera Elof Hashem. You know, the, Avram's not even mentioned, and Hashem is mentioned even afterwards. So it's the no, nothing, nothing, no words, a love, and the placement of Hashem. All three telling us that Hashem just came to give moral support to Avraham Avinu. Up to this point, he ends off. We have been reading the story of Avraham Avdi. Avraham, the servant of God. From Parshas Vayera on is a new story. A new tale is introduced. The story of Avraham, the friend of God. Avraham Ohavai. God came to Avraham, Lishobishlomo, to inquire after his help to show friendship and involvement. After all, when you go visit somebody who's sick, you just go to give some support. It's exactly what Avraham did. That's what the Gemara says in Sota. This is where we learn Biker Cholim from. Mahu Biker Cholim Afata. And so much of Biker Cholim is not even talking but just being there and showing support for the person. Okay. Moving past the first Pasuk. Says the Torah, Avraham lifts up his eyes, three men are standing, he runs, again he sees, we know two times in the Pasuk, he sees, he understood that they were a possible guest, and he runs, even though he's just had surgery, he's post-op, and the doctors would say he probably shouldn't run. He's running because he can't stop himself from running. He is an ish chesed. He cannot do chesed. And he runs into the heat 
Mipesach ha'oel, vayishtachu, artsa, and he bows. Vayomar, and he says, Ado, maybe this is Hashem, maybe it's Adonai, my master. Please, if I have found favor in your eyes, do not pass by. And we know Chazal say there is a machlokas tanoim, whether this second word of the Pasik means my master, meaning he is talking to the greatest of the men, saying, Adonai, my master, please, please come in, please come in. And if he gets the biggest one, the master, they'll all come in. Or the other pshat, the Gemara and Shabbos says, is that no. Hashem. Hashem is, just came, as we just said, to, to spend some time with him. Avram Avinu is being makabo for Ashkina. And then he sees guests come. Vayomar, Hashem, Please wait here for a minute. I'll be right back. And then he goes, And that's what Rashi picks up on already, quoting the different pshatim of Lashon Chol or Lashon Kodesh. The second pshat of Rachir, Kodeshu Hashem, please wait while I go. I'm Achnis Orchim. And the question we know from here, the Gemara learns out in Masech HaShabbos, Gedola HaKnas Archim, Yosemiak Balas Panei Greater is having, inviting guests in, even greater than HaKbalas Panei And we discussed in the past the question, which we're not going to deal with this year, but the amazing question that all the Achronim ask, and that is, we know it from Avraham, but how did Avraham know it? How did Avraham know that he was allowed to leave God in order to... Go to the Archim. We know it from Avraham, but how did he know it? You know what? Maybe this answer will also touch on that too. We'll keep that in mind. Says Revolvi. Says Revolvi in the Sefer on Chumash. Let's think about this concept for a minute. You're talking to God. The intense, private meeting that a Kaddish Baruch Hu has. And you tell God to wait a minute. What, you, what about the principle of Oseik B'mitzvah, Paterman mitzvah? Now, how about that? I'm talking to God. The guests could wait. So what are we supposed to learn from this principle? Okay, you can say, how did Abraham know? But we're asking, what's the message of the principle for us? There's something greater than Akbalas Pane Ashkina? Hachnosah's Archim is greater than Akbalas Isn't Akbalas Pane Ashkina the goal of life? Isn't that we, what we yearn for? When we have the Shechina right here, we have more than 10 Jews, right? Learning together. Right? If there's ten Jews learning together, Hakbalah's in an intense way. So isn't that the goal? Yes, Ravobi, Zatamua Ma'od. Hayalokan Machze Nevua. Ubeemsa Gili Shina, who roa me rachok shloshanoshim. Hashem is revealing himself to him, and Azu misnatzel, if neabore olam, shoot sarlachnis archim. Sorry, I'll be right back. Vishyatalo tova, viachakel wachu yigmar ma'archim. What does he say? Right? It's unbelievable. Right? How this is, this is the case. And this is what he quotes from the Gemara in Shuvis and Shabbos. Avinu left. He says, but, so we learn chesed is greater than Akbalas Meneshchina. What's the message? Says the Shiurim. Chumash says Revolvi. The author of the Ali Shur. Umaha Hezber Bazeh. Loma Be'emes G'lachna says Archim Yosem Yekbalas Meneshchina. So says Revolvi. It says in Perkei Avos. One moment of a mitzvah in this world is greater, in a certain sense, than all of Olam Haba. What, what does that mean? What's the message? What's the purpose of life? Says Revolbi. 
What's the tafkid? When we ask ourselves, what are we supposed to be involved in? What's the goal of our life? It's not to bask in the glory of Hashem. That's not what this world is about. That's not my goal. My goal is avdus, says Revolbi. My goal is to serve. My goal is to work. That's the goal of these 120 years. Maybe after that, if I do the avdus properly, so then it could lead to basking in the glory of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But that's not for this world. Turning over. And Avdus is greater than all the Hasegim that we could get. Shechina, Hashem, you're the best. But you know what? I gotta go, I gotta do some Avdus now. And it's, it's your Avdus. But that's my goal in this world. And I'm not gonna waste a second. And we have to realize that it comes up in many cases. Right? Why is it? I'm sitting and learning and I have to get up to stop to do a mitzvah. Right? Talmud Torah is not dochem mitzvah, that's ef shalasosai Right? I'm sitting down on a bus and I'm learning and I see somebody, uh, a zakane, walk onto the bus. What do I have a chiv to do? I have to get up, even if I'm going to learn less, because I'm going to be standing. I got on the bus early to be able to get a seat, to be able to learn. And now I'm connecting to God in the deepest way because I'm sitting and learning His Torah. And yet the halacha is, Why? Because that's what an evid does. This world is not just about, obviously, all my free time I have to be connected to through the learning of Torah. But the goal of life is not the Hasagos Elokiot. The goal is to do the mitzvos, to do the chesed, and in that way, serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that's why Gedola Hachnosas Orchim, Yoser Mehagbalas Paneashchina. And he quotes, quotes a couple of stories related to this. He quotes from Yisrael Salanter, line 11. Karash Shebeis Shekara. He heard from outside. Rabbi Sosa, maybe the shul was right next to the Besak Forest. I know, he heard that two of the Hever Kadisha were, were arguing who's going to be in charge of burying a person. There was a, 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 a nifter, that, a, a tear that just happened. And he was in the middle of saying Kriyashma. He heard this argument. What did Rabbi Sosa do? He takes off his fill and he runs out. He goes to bury the dead. I'm saying Kriyashma right now. But you know what? There's a mace mitzvah. And that means I have to focus and do what a Kaddish Baruch would want from me. Or he quotes a story from the Baal Musaf one time on Yom Kippur as he's going up. He asks, the Baal Musaf asks one of the Bachrim, one of the boys learning in the mirror yeshiva, how so-and-so? I say he wasn't feeling well. You're going up to Daven Musaf on Yom Kippur for the Tzibur. Yeah, but this is the Avodah Hayom. Says Revolbi, and that's what we learned from Avravinu, and maybe that's Avravinu recognized that that's the purpose of life, and therefore he did it himself. He did it himself as well. Okay, moving right along. Moving right along, we have stone. We're not going to focus on stone so much this year. Discussed it in other years. Let's go to Avraham goes to Avimelech in Grar. Right, Avimelech, uh, Avravinu go Perachaf. And he goes to Gerar. Here's Avraham. 
Here we go again. Avinu says about Sarah, she's my sister, and Avimelech takes her. And a dream we mentioned last week. There are only dreams and safer bracious, and there are a lot of them. Here, Avimelech has a dream, and Yosef has dreams, and Paro has dreams, and Yaakov has dreams. No other dreams in the rest of the Torah. But in the Sefer Bracious, because it's a safer of dreams. But what happens? He has a dream and says, what are you doing with a married woman? Etc., etc. Says, he returns, uh, Sarah to Avraham, gets very upset at Avraham. But then we have Pasik Yud Gimel. Vayomar Avraham, ki amarti, rakin yiras alokimba makomase. Varaguni otharishti, I thought there was no yurat shemayim, I thought they would kill me. They, would, they, they, wouldn't, they didn't worry about murder. Ragili Arias, they would never do. But murder... Good question. And then Pasuk Yud Gimel. Something very unique. Vayehi. Kasher hitu beisavi. How would we translate? What's the simple pshat of translating this Pasuk? When Hashem caused me to wander from my father's house. Kasher hitu beisavi. Va'omarla. I said to my wife Sarah. Zechaste chasher tasi imadi. Please do this chesed for me. El kala makom asher navo shama. Wherever we go, Imri li achihu. Say that I'm your brother. Do me a favor. Whenever we go somewhere, you know, I ask you that this is what you should, uh, this is what you should do. Fine. That is the pashtus, the simple shot of the pasik. If we look at Uncleus, uncharacteristically, he gives a totally different shot of the pshat. Right? Fine on Parshas Vayachi and Zos Habrach and Hazinu. Uncleus like, clues us into total different pshatim that we would never have known. Because those inherently are, are, don't have pshat to them. But here this seems like a pretty straightforward pasik. Avram Avinu says, Kasher hitu osielokim and Hashem caused me to wander from my father's house. This is the story. What does Unkelis say? Yud Gimel. Vahave. If you have, I think you have Unkelis quoted. This thought is, the following thought is from Rav Meir Shapiro. Quoted by Rabbi Lau. In source number eight, in the Rabbi Lau's commentary on Perkiavos, you have Unculus on the top of source number nine. We'll get back to eight in a second. The top of the next page, you have the Unculus quoted there. Unculus says, When the nations of the world started worshiping idols, Yasi Kariv Hashem Mi Hashem brought me close from my father's house. Va'amaris law. And then I said, do this goodness, wherever we go, you know, you are, you are, I'm your brother. What uncle is just do? The Pasha, the Pasig is, when Hashem caused me to wander, leave me beisavi, stam, uncle has had this whole thing. When the nation started worshiping idols, Hashem helped me come close to him, and that's the background of the Pasig. What does Rashi say? When does, whenever Rashi quotes, a uncleus and argues, he'll quote. He'll quote it, let's just say, in a different way that he quotes it on this Pasuk. What does Rashi say here? Uncleus tirgeim, masha tirgeim. Right? You, you, we do it, we remember Sedra, we've done this a thousand times. Never caught that Rashi. Uncleus is game exactly what he's, did Rashi ever say this besides here? Uncleus explained it as he explained it. Uncleus tirgeim, masha tirgeim. The Yesh Yashiv O Davar Davar Olaf no, and then he quotes, right? That's the uh, the simple pshat. When Hashem caused me to wander from place to place, and we're going from place to place, so I always say, sorry, you know, say that you're my you're my sister. So why did Uncle do what he did? 
And what does Rashi mean by that unusual lashon of Olinka's Tirgim Asha Tirgim? Says Rameir Shapiro, quoted right here in the Sefer of Rabbi Lau. There is a Hasidish thought that, that many say over that Rabbi Lau quotes here. At the beginning of Perkei Avos, right? Many Mishnahites at Perkei Avos start off with the phrase, Hu Haya Omer. Which means he always used to say, this is something that this Satana, uh, you know, was always, it was, he was big on this, uh, on this topic. But many say, Hu Haya Omer, Hu Haya Mashahu Omer. Meaning it wasn't just that this Tana always spoke about this, but this Tana's life reflected it. Hu Haya. He was, and through his life, Omer. He taught everybody around him this message. Pamim Rabos. Now let's read the beginning of source number eight. Pamim Rabos. Mofia Habitui. Hu Haya Omer. Bepirke Avos. Velo Bechdi. Rabbi Avadia Bartanur Mafir. Kilashin Hu Haya Omer. Hilashin Ove. Hu Haya Ragil Omar. But the Parshanim explain as follows. Line four. They didn't tell their students to do anything that they didn't do previously. And since he was that, then he was Omer. A great shot, a great drush. Just standing on its own. His essence, his life, was a message for others. The the uh, personal model and character. Right? It's not about do what I say and not as I do. It's do as I do. Like the Gemara says in Sanhedrin and Bamatziah, first we have to worry about ourselves and our own actions and then others. Says Rameer Shapiro. Now let's get back to the Rashi and the Unkelis. Unkelis, we know, was one of the most famous converts of all time. The Gemara of Zara, I think it's a Dafyud Aleph, quotes the great story. Unkelis converts and then the Caesar tries to get him back. He sends him messengers and Unkelis talks to them and they convert and then he sends him more messengers and they convert and then he just points to the mezuzah and they convert and he gives up hope. But Unkelis was amazing. And Unkelis Hager accomplishes Shnayim Mikravecha Targum. Targum, the Unkelis is unbelievable. Unkelis, when he gets to this Pasik, Kasher Hituosimi he sees himself. He sees his life. And he could put into this Pasik the message that he's, that he feels, Hashem, you brought me close. So he says, autobiographically, so to speak, talking about Avram Avinu, the first convert, when Hashem, when all the other nations were doing about Zara, Hashem brought me close. That's how he translates the Pasik. And Rashi says, Uncle is Tirge, Masha Tirge. Uncle has explained it like he, his life, explained it. Just like Huhaya Omer, Uncle is Tirgame, Masha Tirgame. Something very special, something very, something very unique. And that is what line 23, Rabbi Lau continues. Uncle felt Hargasha Amuka Koyamov. He felt an unbelievable depth of appreciation his whole life. 
Shabaot Sharha Olam Holechacharatohu. The rest of the world, the rest of the Romans are following nothingness. Oso Kiva Kadish Barakulavadaso. He Hashem brought close. And that's why he can't say hit u. What does hit u mean? The the Pashab Shat? Hashem caused me to wander? Uncle, no, no, no. Hashem never causes anybody to wander. Hashem takes us by the hand, and therefore he feels the need to say Hitua means when when every the whole world was wandering, he took me and brought me back to my uh the Shrina, and that's what he says at the end. Unbelievable. He was Matargame on this Pasik, what he did in his life. Again, I didn't check, but we could obviously computer check if there's ever another time than Rashi quotes such a phrase when he quotes Unkelis. Most of the time it's just Kachtirgame Unkelis. But this phrase is Dafka here, uh, a very magical thought. Okay, moving right along. We gotta talk, we have to talk about the Akedah a little bit. It is Parshas Vayera. So first we have two thoughts, which we might call classic, Maharal Diskin thoughts. Classic Maharal, what do we see? What do we mean from there? We'll see. Says Maharal Diskin, also known by some as the, uh, the Briskarov, others, instead of the other Briskarov, the Grizz, but the Maharal Diskin, source number 10. So we know Avram Avinu takes Yitzchak up into Har HaMoriah, and what does he do? The Pasuk tells us he ties him up in Perek Chavbeis, Pasuk Tess, Vayavo el HaMakomashar Omar Loho Elokim, he comes to the place, Vayiven Shemal Avram Ezzam Ezbeach, he builds him Ezbeach, Vayaroch Ezoetzim, he sets up the wood, Vayakodetz Yitzchak Benau, he ties up his son, Vayasam Osal HaMezbeach, he puts him on the Mezbeach, Mima'alo Eitzim, on top of the Eitzim. So again, something that we might not have noticed until Maral Diskin points it out. If we read the Pasuk closely, let's just translate and think if it makes sense, the exact order of what Avram Avinu did. Avram Avinu builds a Mizbeach, good. He puts the wood, good. What should be next? What does it say? He ties up Yitzchak, then he puts him on the Mizbeach. We usually think of it as he put him on the Mizbeach and then he tied him up. And yet the Pasuk doesn't say that. The Pasuk says, Vayakodis Yitzchak beno, and then he ties him up and then he puts him on the Mizbeach. Why the switch of order? Says the Maral Diskin, oh. What did Hashem mitchila ha'akeda v'yachakach sim ala mizbeach? Mima leitzim. V'yesh lo daktek. Lama asakein la'kodoso. Kodem alos ala mizbeach. Why did he do this? Halohaya tov lo lakto achar halha. Says the Maral Diskin, we all know the halacha. Mesech HaShabbos tafsadi dalet. Hot yezachai b'mita patur afalamita. The Kuliyama Svirale de Adam Chai Nose Es Atzmo. On a biblical level, on a Daraisa level, we have the principle of Chai Nose Es Atzmo. If I carry a child in a Rishus Harabim without an Erev on Shabbos, I am only violating an Isra de Rabbanon, not an Isra de Araisa, because biblically, Chai Nose Es Atzmo. A live person helps carry themselves. That doesn't make it mutter. It makes it from a Daraisa to a Durabanan. But that's the principle, Chai Nosi Asmo, because I'm not doing it myself. And we even know that. The Gemara says that sleep is one sixtieth of death. When a child falls asleep on your shoulder, all of a sudden they're heavier. That's how you know that they fell asleep. Because all of a sudden they get heavier. Because they are less Nosi Asmo in that case. But says the, that's the Gemara, Chai Nosi Asmo. 
So wait a minute. Avram Avinu was commanded by Hashem. Vaha'alehu la'ola. Bring him up. Part of the tzivoy was for Avraham to be ma'ale Yitzchak. If he carries and puts Yitzchak up while Yitzchak is still alive, so to speak, chai, he's not fulfilling the mitzvah. What does he do? What does the Gemara say? There's an exception to the rule. Kafus. If he's tied up, then he's not chai Sometimes the Gemara says if somebody's sick, then they have the status of kafus. Then you don't say chai atzmo. So that's why Avraham Avinu understood and that's why Akad Cannot read that Gemara again without thinking about this Vart. So the lundus behind why first the tying up and then the bringing up. Similar type of genre. Similar type of thought. Two paragraphs later on the same page in the Maral Diskin. Avinu fine, after the Akedah. He lifts up his eyes after the Malach Hashem told him, Vayomer Avraham Avraham, right, one of the four people in Tanakh that are called double. Avraham Avraham, Vayomer Hineni, Vayomer Tishlach Yotche Lanar, Valtaslo Meuma, Kiyata I know now you are a Yurei Elohim. Vayis Avraham Esenov, there was an aisle that was trapped in the branches. Avram went over, took the aisle, and brought the aisle as a carbon. Asks the Maraldiskin, why did we need that detail for that the aisle was ne'achaz basvach, was trapped in the branches? Explains the Maraldiskin. There are various midrashim about when the Akedah took place. Some say it was Rosh Hashanah, some say it was Yom Kippur. Either way, there are many that say it was a Yom Kodesh. A day that there would be an Isser of Tzedah, of trapping an animal. Says the Maral Diskin, that's why it was Nechaz Basvach. It was already what we would call Nitzod Va'omed. V'lachein ilo lohea Nechaz Basvach, lohea locho. K'yishayak v'yisr Tzedah v'yom ha-Kippurim. Avalachash Nechaz Basvach b'karnav, hayekin Nitzod Va'omed ve'en kan Tzedah u'muter and it wouldn't be a prowl. Again, two hawachik, lumdis thoughts of the Maral Diskin into the story of the, of the Akedah. Okay, one final thought for the evening. And this is a thought, uh, from Avaran Lichtenstein, uh, which we'll see in a second before we turn over. But he's commenting, it's a, uh, it's a general theme that he is, uh, discusses. But first we'll see a contrast, we'll see a foil. And that is a thought that's mentioned from Rabunimi Parshishcha in the name of his father. Quoted here again, we started off with a Likute Yehoshua, and we'll end off today with a Likute Yehoshua. He quotes a thought from Rabunim on the passage that we just read. And that is, maybe a question that's bothered some of us, but we never really looked into it too deeply. What did Avram Avinu see? There was another ayel. What's ayel? Achar? Pashus? Another ayel. Rashi says, Rashi's bothered by this. What is achar? Rashi says, achare. That's what it really means. Achare shamar lo amalach. Al tishlach yadcha. After the malach said, don't ra'ahu kishahu ne'achaz. Right, he sees, v'ushem etargeminon, and that's what uncle says, u'zachav ha'roni se'noi, basar ilain. So achar means after the, after the event from beforehand. But it is, is a, is a, 
unusual conjugation to put that word in the middle of the sentence and to write achar instead of achare. Achar usually means another one. Ayo achar. So says Rabunim in the name of his father, a different thought. Avram Avinu was so in the zone, so to speak, of the Tzivu of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, when he's on the way to the Akedah, he could have been taking not Yitzchak, but another aisle. His heart was so into it, it was like, oh, now there's another aisle that he sees. Because Yitzchak was Ki'ilu, it was one aisle, and now he has another aisle. And that's aisle Achar, says the father of Rebunim. She'etzal Avram Avinu, k'shalach l'shchotes Yitzchak b'no, he didn't have the regular teva of love, right? When Hashem told him that, so it was as if it was another ayah. So this is one approach and one type of approach. Ravon Lichtenstein in the Sefer Seeking His Presence, that was translated from the Hebrew, I gave it to you in the English, has a very important yisod about learning Tanakh. He was asked, Rav Lichtenstein was asked, what he thinks about those who learn, who learn Tanakh, which, uh, by the method of what's called in Hebrew, I wouldn't even call it a method, by the style of what's called in Hebrew, Begova Enayim. Which means that the, the, eye, the eye level. What does that mean? A phrase that means that there are those out there that study Tanakh with the approach of, yeah, they're human beings, like I'm human beings, and I could view them as as uh, equals. I could view them, I could say my own shot, you know, not based on chazal. I could have ideas because they were human and I'm human, and we could ascribe to them various uh, human characteristics and faults and all the other um, types of ideas that are mentioned in that school of thought. So Rav Lichtenstein was asked about that, and of course he says... It's terrible. Says Rav Lichtenstein, what is more troubling is an approach to viewing biblical characters, popularly known here in Israel as eye-level biblical study. Viewing biblical characters at eye-level, says Rav Lichtenstein, would be reasonable if those applying it were colossal and statue like Moshe. Moshe can learn Tanakh Begova Enayim. Moshe Rabbeinu. Okay, fine. But most of these people are but dwarfs. And viewing biblical giants at the eye-level of dwarfs belittles their greatness. That's an amazing sentence. But, says Rav Lichtenstein, it does not end there. And this is where we get into the balance. As almost every Rav Lichtenstein article has, at the root of it, some type of balance, says Rav Lichtenstein, but there's another extreme that he also does not agree with. And that is to say that they weren't human. To say they were angelic, totally. That they were not related and connected to us at all. And the example that he gives, skip for a moment, towards the bottom on line 44, they could see Abraham going to the binding of Isaac as if he were headed to a wedding. That's also, says Rav Lichtenstein, not correct in his view. Because Hashem wants us to know that they were human. They were superhuman, but they were human. And therefore there's a balance of not viewing them as us, but also not taking away any everything from them because then they have no shaykhahs to me and what can I learn from them? We can learn from the Akedah thinking about Avram's love for his son and he still does it because that's what Hashem told him to do. That doesn't take away his greatness. 
that makes him greater. Again, we understand the other idea as well. But says of Lichtenstein, now going back towards the top, on the one hand, we want to emphasize the human personal side, even of the greatest biblical personalities, just as these personalities were analyzed by the Midrashim, by Chazal, by the Ramban, and by the Nitziv. None of these great sages hesitated to make statements of this type. This t- but again, it was based on a deep-seated Yerat Shamayim and respect to Chazal. This type of analysis exemplifies one side, the healthy, desirable component of eye-level biblical study. Meaning there is a tzad, a little spark of truth in that if you say they weren't human, you can't learn anything from them. But that's where it ends. Our biblical study must address the human characteristics, the human personalities grappling with real human problems. But in a certain sense, we're stuck between a rock and a hard place. And he said this is a delicate balance. The delicate balance. As we have this discussion by, in many different uh, contexts. Skip down. This dehumanization of biblical characters is dangerous for two reasons. Distorts the proper understandings, and in, according to Chazal, he assumes, you know, it, uh, it, the Chazal opposed these portrayals to deny emotion at all. Uh, and we find emotion throughout Midrashim. And therefore he says, Towards the bottom, how can one ignore the three days of spiritual deliberations that Avram underwent as if, it ne- as if they never happened? How can one negate the struggle and the grappling as if they indicate some deficiency? Chazal validated and valued emotional expression. And therefore, he says at the end, we must develop an approach to Tanakh study that is both humanistic and religious. Appreciate Moshe for who he was, to place him on a pedestal, to know that he was not like you or me, but on another level but realize he was human and realize he has a lot to teach us as being human. So again, to weight it on the side of they are super, they are, they are uh, unique, and everything is based on Chazal, and we need to. Every time that Siv says a, a tremendous Chiddush, he quotes a, a, a Medrash, but on the other hand, to realize that they were human beings, and that's how they were the greatest leaders to be able to teach us how to live our lives B'derech Hashem. Okay, we'll stop here, Hashem. We will continue. Oh, next week, next week, un- I'm traveling next week. Chayasara, so not exactly sure if there will be a shear. If I can get one up by Sunday, Monday, I will try. But if not, I'm going to be traveling, so there won't be. We'll have to uh, so go to the archives. But Hashem, uh, Toldos will, uh, will be back. But there could be one, but it would be up early uh, if it is. Okay, we'll stop here.